Bucks move to 3-0 in the NBA tournament, and they're in the driver's seat to make the elimination round. Three Bucks with 30 points, first time in franchise history. We're going to talk about the amazing offensive performance. We're also going to talk about the defense. We're going to recap that Bucks celtics game from earlier in the week. Let's go. Lillard, step back three, on the way. You're listening to the Milwaukee Bucks Beat, sponsored by Hungry Lion Productions Video Production Services. Video production from start to finish. Hire them today at HungryLionProductions.com. And now, here's your host, Michael Edwards. Bucks fans, here we are. Another edition of the Bucks Beat. I'm your host, Michael Edwards. And the Bucks pull it out 131, 128. In their third game of the in-season tournament, East Group B lead the way. And the Miami Heat loses to the New York Knicks. So Bucks in the driver's seat. Bucks 3-0 with a plus 39-point differential and 371 points. The Knicks right below us, 2-1. And, and the Heat tied with the Knicks. But not really, because the Knicks beat them. So if there's a three-way tie, they go to point differential. And then total points scored. And the crazy thing is the Wizards are actually leading this. <laughs> this is crazy. They're in last place and they have by far the most points scored. It's got to be frustrating. 458 points. They lead the way <laughs> in last place. And that's the thing is they're good. Offensively, they're really good. Their record does not at all determine their level of you know competition. They're, they're good. They're a good team. So Bucks win this one. 131-128. Brooke Lopez, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Damian Lillard, all plus 30. Lopez led the way with 39, and Dame and Giannis both with 31. That is the first time three bucks score 30-plus points in a game, and did they need it? Damian Lillard talks about that post-game. Well, we needed all of it, and, uh, you know, it's the NBA. Uh, teams are going to have nights. You're going to have dog fights like this sometimes, and uh, I think the— there's a lot of things we're going to look at this and say we could have done better to not have to have that type of night from all three of us. Um, but, you know, it's a great accomplishment. You know, I think when you got guys that can do that all in the same game, it's a, a special weapon to have. Um, you know, but I, I don't think we should have needed that. You know, we could have done a lot of things better to prevent even having to have those types of games. So Bucks get the job done. A W is a W. It's the NBA. It's a long season. You can sit here and nitpick if you want, but there's a lot of things. There's a lot of positive things. There's a lot of negative things. Obviously, the offense, you know, you got Chris Middleton, who only played just a hair under 13 minutes, gives you seven points, has to go out in the second half just as a precaution. And this is not related to his knee. It's his Achilles. But bringing someone back to full, you know, NBA strength, it's a process. So it's fine. Just. You know, honestly, we're winning games without Chris. We need him in the in the springtime. So that mid-range guy, that's what he is. That's his role. We're fine. We've got Beasley right now playing well. We've got Cameron Payne playing well right now. And we've got shooters on this team. So we're going to be fine. Pat's playing okay. A.J. Green's coming in, doing some good stuff. Andre Jackson Jr. is doing good. So we're going to be okay, I think. Bucks probably going to Vegas. I don't want to jinx them though. So that's why I say probably 
And I mean, looking at the Wizards, I was just talking about how many points they have scored and they, you know, obviously ended up not winning a game. But I mean, you look at this team, just to talk about them a little bit here, Kyle Kuzma, 22 points, Jordan Poole, 26 points, Tyus Jones, 22 points, Corey Kispert, 20 points, and Landry Shamit, 15 points. They've got four guys plus 20 and then almost a fifth. I mean, that's some offense right there. So they're going four deep in their bench. So give the Wizards some time. They're going to be good. There's a couple of surprises in the NBA this year, too. One of them is the Orlando Magic. I mean, they're second right now in the East. They've been in every game. I got to say, my, my eyebrows are raised. I mean, they've won. Out of their last 10, they've won seven. They're, they've, they're on a six-game win streak. They're, they're probably the hottest team in the East right now. The Orlando Magic just beat the Celtics, too, by the way. Knock them down a peg. So looking at the in-season tournament, Pacers lead the way in Group A, East Group A. They're looking pretty good to go on to the next round, which is a team I don't want to play, but it's also a team I do want to play because we did not leave it all out there when we played them. We should have won that game against them. But offensively, they're, they have the most points in this tournament so far, uh, at least from the East. And maybe in the whole, let's see here, yeah, Pacers lead the way. 546 points. They're good. They're good. They're really good. Bucks looking to go to Vegas. They're in pretty good shape. They have a plus 39 point differential. So as long as, so even if the Bucks lose, and this may be wrong, this may be bad math. And the thing is, it's hard to say because it depends on what the Knicks do and if they win and how much they win by. So I'm not going to even really break it down. But Bucks have 27 points on for the tiebreaker on the Miami Heat. And there's multiple tiebreakers. Uh, the first one is head-to-head, but then if there's a three-way tie, head-to-head thrown out, obviously, because that may not land. And then you look at point differential, and then if that was to be equal, then you look at total points. And then from there, I believe you go to the records from last year. But I don't think we're going to get that far. Because then if you go from that, let's say that's tied, then they just do a random drawing. But I don't think we're going to get that far. Orlando Magic is looking pretty good here to go, and they're dangerous. I mean, so you got the top, the top teams that are really hot in the league right now, the Pacers and the Magic, and they're, they're going to be going probably to Vegas. And if the Bucs do make it, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, though, because we have, we have a game Tuesday against Miami. We have to take care of business, so we are not in it yet. But just looking ahead, just sharing my thoughts, if the Bucs do get there, they are going to have their work cut out because then there's going to be a wild card and it's looking like uh, wild card teams could be the Nets, the Celtics, the Knicks, the Heat and the Cavs. The, the Sixers are gone. They're not. Sixers aren't going to make it, which is surprising because they, they were playing really well for a while there. So let's finish up on this Wizards game because I do want to talk about the Celtics game. I've got a lot to say about that game. And it's actually mostly positive, to be honest, despite the fact that we did lose by three. The Bucks defense in this one, though, I think highlights a problem that we have. So obviously protecting the paint, we're elite. I, mean, I don't have numbers in front of me, and it doesn't matter because those numbers are going to change. It's just, it's a, I'm going off of the feeling here, okay? I feel like they're in the top of the league. Not too many teams can abuse the Bucks down low. And I think opponents know that because you obviously have two completely world beaters in Giannis and Brooke down low. 
And then you add in Bobby um, coming on that second unit. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough. And when you have Jay Crowder in there too, it's tough. So down low, yeah, you're going to get some points, you know. But that mid-range and those threes are just killing us. And we're basically, we're daring teams, like just like we did last year in the playoffs. And I'm going to keep talking about that. And I'm going to keep saying some of the same things, and I know it's redundant, but you got to give something up. There's Obviously, if you have a really good game, you can you know make some stops. But you're, you're always going to have to give something up. These players are too good. These are the best basketball players in the world, okay? In the NBA. Just, it is what it is. But when you're daring teams, go ahead, shoot the three. Go ahead, shoot the mid-range. And they're nailing them. I mean, it's a gamble. That's what we did against the Celtics. That's what we did against the Mavericks. That's what we did against the Wizards. Teams know that they can shoot the ball against the Bucs, and they're going to get a shot. They're going to get a look. And that's what happened in this game was, you know, the Bucs probably figured, ah, we can beat them. Because the Wizards' defense is not great. So the good offense led to the win, despite the fact that they gave up. I mean, imagine being the Wizards. You score 128 points in regulation, and you lose. It's a tough pill to swallow, but, you know, Bucks get the win. There was one thing I noticed. There was one thing I noticed in the fourth quarter. Because, I mean, this, this game came down to the final minute, the final seconds, really. But the Bucks could not put them away. The Wizards were not going away. And there was a play inbounding, I believe, with four seconds left. 4.2, I think it was. Wizards down by three. Wizards get the look that they want. And it was airballed, luckily for the Bucks. But what Coach had done was he'd taken Brooke out of the game. He talks a little bit about that post game. They were super small, so I went with uh, Cam. Every game, you you take the good with the bad, and you you try to find ways to get better. But no, I was I was extremely pleased with with just our fight and uh, resilience, and it, it was tough, you know. And uh, just to come back from last game and 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 put forth that effort and, and coming out a win, so it was a great job by everybody. So I don't question our coach, but in that moment. This is coming out of a timeout. Brooke should have been in that game. I'm sorry. Brooke needs to be in that game. Bobby needs to be in that game. You put your best defenders in in that moment. You know, you put Marjan in there. Obviously, you have Giannis in there. You know, you're tall, lanky guys that can get a hand up because you know what they're going to do. They're going to be shooting a three-pointer. They have to. There's four seconds left. They're down by three. Perimeter defense, like, to me, so that was a little head-scratcher for me. I'm not criticizing the coach but it's just like in the nfl when you know a team is going to run you load the box like when you know what your opponent's going to do you put all your chips in there so i was a little shocked to see them put you know campaign in there and you know pull lopez out great they had a small lineup but i mean doesn't it make sense to have you know your seven footers in there with our arms up if <laughs> make the shot tough at least so little suspect on that one. I don't really think that was the greatest move, but against a better team, Bucks would have definitely paid for it. So hopefully the coaching staff is talking about that internally and learning. I was staying quiet on my couch because my family was watching the game with me, but inside I was screaming, what are you doing? Come on, coach, what are you doing? But I have to say this coach has been more positive than negative. He has done some really good adjustments. That's just one of the few moments I can see where I disagree with him. And I'm still glad he's our coach. 
he doesn't seem like the warmest guy, though, to be honest. Like his press conferences, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy I probably would want to have a beer with. But I don't care. I want to win. And that's really all we care about at the end of the day. So and maybe I'm wrong. One day I'll meet him. Maybe I'll put my foot in my mouth on that one. I mean, there is one thing that I have not really talked too much about is Terry Stotts quitting earlier in the season before the season started. I would rather have him on our coaching staff, to be honest. He's gone because of a conflict with coach. And then third quarter, Giannis is going back into the game right after he palms the ball. I mean, just a lazy turnover by Giannis. Let's just Giannis is a good person, whatever. But like sometimes he gets lazy out there traveling palming the ball, you know, obviously he's gassed. He's tired. So coach took him out. That's that is the type of penalty you have when you're tired. Giannis was clearly tired. Coach took him out. Giannis wanted to come right back in. There was a little bit of a disagreement and that was it. And that happens between coach and player, parent and child. Doesn't mean they don't love each other. And the Celtics want to make a bigger deal about it than it really is. It's all over their press and they're making a big deal about it. Like kind of gossip, which Typical Celtics, typical Boston media BS. But the guy has an edge to him is my point. You can respect a guy who stands up to someone like Giannis. I mean, you could say he's, you know, the face of the NBA in a way. Giannis postgame was asked about it, didn't talk about it, hasn't still to this day talked about it. And what's done is done. Okay, so moving on. So we talked about the Bucks game last night, the Wizards. We talked about the in-season tournament, right? Looks like they're probably going to go to Vegas. We'll preview that heat game at the very end here of this one. Uh, very lightly. But let's talk about the Celtics game, okay? Because, okay, Bucks lost. Bucks start like a deer in headlights. Pun intended. And this is how they always come out against the Celtics. The Celtics in the heat, for whatever reason, when it's that first game, it's almost like they're just not ready. And I do not know what is going on prior to that game. I do not know what's going on in the tunnel. But these dudes are not coming out with a chip on their shoulder. And one of the things that really helped the Bucs in the 2021 season was P.J. Tucker, where he, his famous quote, you know, we dogs. Bucks don't have that. They don't. There's moments in a game where it might happen because of something Bobby does. And he's getting, you know, or, you know, a game where coach got tossed. Then you see the fire, but coming out of the gate, I mean, these are the Boston Celtics. This is the team that is going to be most likely because the NBA is very talented. There's a lot of good teams out there and it's still really early. So we don't know who's going to be playing good in the spring. I don't have my DeLorean to go to the future, but just on paper, the Celtics are probably the team that's going to be in your way to get to the finals this year. So you, you want to give your best effort. You want to chip on your shoulder. I mean, you want to take it personal. Because I know the Celtics did. The way Jalen Brown came out there in that first quarter, he was looking for blood. He wanted some. And the Bucs were just kind of like, okay, whatever. And if the Bucs don't give up 10 points right out of the gate, they go down 10-0 before they score the first point. And the Bucs are in this game. because So here's what happened. I'm not going to get into the weeds on this one too much because it's, what's done is done, but I want to have my piece here and say what I need to say. The Bucks said to the Celtics exactly what they said to the Heat last year in the playoffs. Hey, you want a three-pointer? Go for it. I mean, and analytically, that makes sense. A three-pointer is harder than a you know layup or a mid-range shot, so it makes sense. Analytics, right? 
But when they're hitting like between 60 and 70% of those and you're midway through the half, you need to change your mind and bring those dudes out. Because at that point, I mean, they're on fire. And ultimately, you know, you can ask yourself, can the Celtics do that in a seven game series? And most people would say no, but the Heat did it last year to us. We let them do the same thing. Like, you're not beating us down low. You're going to beat us. You're going to nail the three. And that is what happened. And we were tossed. The Bucks have to learn to adjust. I mean, obviously, teams are going to hit shots. But when they're hitting them in droves, you got to make that change. You got to just, you know, bring out Brooke, bring out Giannis, man to man. Well, depending on the team. Either way. You need to bring those guys out. It's going to say zone or man to man, but it really depends on what's going on on the floor. But either way, you need to get those dudes out there. You know, if you give up some holes on a paint, so be it. If you get beat down low, it's two points. I mean, you can easily shore that up. And if a team stops shooting and they have to go down low, they have to kind of reset and get used to shooting. You still have a little bit of advantage there. Whereas when they're hot, their confidence is through the roof and they're going to nail that shot. You know it when that ball's in the air, you know it's going in. And that's how I felt in the first half of this game. And it was really frustrating. But despite all of that, the Bucs stayed in this game. I mean, Celtics were on fire. I think they had, at the half, they were 60% from the field and 60% from three-point land. Celtics hit 17 three-pointers. Bucks only with 13. And they lose by three. Okay? Field goal percentage, things even out. And that's the way analytics work. I mean, it's very rare for a team to stay that hot that long. And the Bucs really closed the door in the second half and almost slammed it shut in the Celtics' face with a historic meltdown. But Celtics led by 21 at one point. Bucks come, you know, within three. Dame hits a three late under a minute. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, are they going to pull this out? I mean, free throws were pretty much even. Both teams had 17. Bucks made 13. Celtics made 14. But it's the three-pointers. I mean, Celtics had four more. Bucks only lose by three points, okay? Celtics had four more three-pointers. Rebounds, Bucks win that one. Offensive glass, they were much better in this one. They had 13. They only gave up four. Defensively, though, the Celtics got 39. So it was pretty much, there were there were a lot of possessions where the Bucks went down there and you get one chance and that's it. And the Celtics are getting that ball. So you'd better damn well make sure your choices are smart on offense. Not as many blocks in this one either. Bucks normally are a block, block party team. They only had two. Nine steals, though, nine turnovers, 15 turnovers for the Celtics. So Bucks doing a good job causing some havoc, honestly. And a lot of those came in the second half, points in the paint. Obviously, Bucks dominate that 58-46. And I'm, I'm going to break one of my rules here and talk about the fouling. Like, Damian Lillard was totally in the right to be complaining to the refs. And here's the hard part for me is I'm a fan. So I really love my team. But I also have... A sports journalistic mind, so I know I can kind of remove it a little bit. But there were a lot of no calls on Lillard when he was driving the lane. I mean, there were at least there are at least five. You take that into consideration. Dame is a 90% essentially free throw shooter. So most of those are gonna go in. Then you take the fast break points, the bunny shots that they missed. Bucks should have won this game easily in the second half. And they just did not finish. They had the Celtics number. Bucks played perimeter defense, really made it tough on the Celtics. So, you know, and I also think the Bucks showed something because the Magic came out and just destroyed them in the in the final moments. And prior to the Celtics playing the Bucks, the Celtics gave up a nine point lead. So, second half team, they are not. 
the Celtics are not. They're a first half team. They come out fired up. And then when things fall apart, they just hope to hold on for dear life. And we've talked about this before. There's no moral victories, but there's some positive takeaways. We'll call it from that Celtics game is the Bucks can stay with them without a question. And it's just a matter of some tweaks on defense and, you know, getting more minutes for Chris, I think, out there. I was waiting for Chris to turn into, uh, you know, 1995 vintage Jordan, as he always does against the Celtics, but didn't happen this time. But we're not seeing them for quite a while now. I mean, unless we see them in Vegas, we're not going to see the Celtics on the schedule, at least for quite some time. I mean, January 11th in Milwaukee is the next time the Bucks see them. Bucks are in good shape. They really are. I mean, so let's let's look where they were a month ago. People were worried. I wasn't, but people were worried. They were very worried about this team. And just like anything, right, we've talked about this. I'm not going to rehash all of that, but things take time. And we're seeing now, you know, obviously as the trade deadline comes up, I'd be nervous actually about messing with this roster, to be honest. Obviously, if you have an injury, then maybe you make a move. But really, I think this may be a year where the Bucks just kind of leave it. I mean, the Bucks aren't getting rid of Bobby. There's a lot of players I'm like, no, you're not getting rid of that. Maybe some of the younger ones, potentially. But there's a lot of players like like Wigington's not getting very many minutes. Robin Lopez is essentially like a ball boy. How many, how many minutes has he gotten this year? I actually thought I was going to see more of him, to be honest. I'm a little surprised. Thanasis has gotten more minutes. so And I know we're not trading him. So I really don't know that they're going to be making a move. But anyway, I just feel like defensively, there's still something missing. And I don't really know the answer to what it is. It really is going to come down to the Bucks just having a chip on their shoulder because they proved it against the Celtics. They, they, they can play defense against the best. I mean, at the half, Celtics are shooting 58%, 52 from three. I mean, they have 12 three-pointers at the half. Bucks only have six. Bucks shooting 41%, 35 from three. I mean, the second half, the Bucks adjusted. 48% from the field, 41 from three. Compared to the Celtics, 26% from three and 46% from the field. So the Bucs win the second half. The Bucs are plus 11, but obviously they, they were down 14 at the half. So they needed to overcome that and they didn't. But I mean, when you look at some of these stats, the ball movement was much better in the second half too, I thought, for the Bucs. They get five steals. They get their two blocks only in the second half. They, didn't, they went the whole first half without any blocks. Only four turnovers. I mean, that's the Bucks showed us what they can do. So, yeah, they lose the game. The Celtics fans are rattling off their mouth. But the funny thing is they lost the game before and they lost the game after. And I mean, obviously, it's when it's a rivalry game, it means a little bit more. And finally, coming up this week, the Bucks have Trailblazers on Sunday. Dame was kind of asked about this game, like if it would mean anything to him. And he said, not, not really. It's just another game. But when we get to Portland, it's going to be a totally different story as it should be. Right. I mean, that's how it would be for me. I go somewhere, work somewhere for 11 years. And then, you know, I go back there. Yeah, I'm going to have, you know, you're a human being. Right. And then on, on Tuesday, Bucks play the heat. This one on TNT national game. We'll see what the Bucks have. One of the things I want to see the Bucks come out with, though, in this game is the whole deer in the headlights thing is they're on the road. They're in a hostile environment. Bucks got to come out there and show that they can come out of the gate. That's something they need to really work on a lot. You know, hopefully shots are falling for us because 
for whatever reason, whenever the Bucks play the Heat and whenever the Bucks play the Celtics, those teams, those opponents turn into the 96 Bulls and they just make everything. <laughs> it's just so hard to watch as a fan. So the Bucks really need to put their emphasis on perimeter shooting because that's what they have quite a bit of. And they're very, they're very good at it, the Heat are. So hopefully Bucks come out with a chip on their shoulder. Sweep the leg, no mercy. Let's go, Bucks. I appreciate you. We'll see you on the next one.